Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. We're switching things up because we have another author for an amazing book that's called Choose Better. Dr. Timothy Yen is a clinical psychologist with a doctorate from Azusa Pacific University, practicing in the East Bay area and leading conferences and retreats around the globe. Between his years in private practice and another eight years as a mental health staff sergeant in the U.S. Army, he's empowered hundreds of individuals, families, organizations, and teams to develop authentic relationships and grow into their best selves. He currently resides in Northern California with his wife and son. Welcome, 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 Dr. Yen. Thank you for being here. And I always start off just asking my guests, tell me about your story, but we're going to get into your book because it's so important about this decision-making framework that you have, right? Yes. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me about your story. What inspired you to, um, you have an extensive background, so I can kind of pick out what inspired you to do this, but I want to hear it from you. What inspired you to do this work, to um, write this book, to help others? Yeah. So I feel very privileged to be doing counseling work, coaching work. I believe that it's transformational. People's lives uh, are just better and, and richer. And I just feel so privileged to be able to do that kind of work. And uh, there's definitely a backstory as to how I stumbled upon this career. Uh, yeah. the The short version is essentially, I joined the military to have Uncle Sam pay for my college, and yes, when I did that, okay. <laughs> I, I found out that uh, I was severely colorblind, and so my dreams of being a journalist got shut down. Apparently, you need color vision for that, and so mental health was actually one of the few jobs that don't require color, and so. <laughs> I, I kind of stumbled upon this career, to be very honest with you. But when I when I started doing it in the military, uh, I just found it really meaningful and felt like I had a thing for it. So that kind of started that trajectory for me. Uh, in terms of the books, more specifically, I started writing the book because of a kind of paramount dinner conversation I had with a, a friend of mine who is a CEO of a tech company. And she was just talking to me. I was trying to get a feel for what kind of uh, services that I could provide to uh, really serve her company. And she was telling me decision-making. How can you help my people make better decisions? Because there is a lot of deadlines, a lot of specialists who have their they're really pushing their agenda of what they think is best, but it's not yeah. really going with other people. And so she's like, how do you get us on the same page? Is there a way in which I can help my people think better? And so I, I took that conversation, chewed on it a little bit and realized, you know, that's a lot of my counseling work is people mm. come into my office because they've made some not so great choices, of, you know, whether it's their fault or not. But the fact that they responded in a certain way, it didn't give them the outcomes that they wanted. And so I, I really took a deep dive in what's been working for a lot of my clients, uh, the process in which I'm able to guide them there, and wrote this book called Choose Better. 
I love it. So in the book, you talked about living an authentic life, but some of us get so far down the track of not being ourselves, we forget to be ourselves. So how do these people find their way back from living their authentic selves or being their authentic selves? Well, it definitely starts with pausing, Mm. taking a deep breath and Mm. being still with oneself. I'm going to repeat that. Pausing, taking a deep breath, and being still with oneself. Which could be antagonizing for some people who are so used to being distracted, for lack of a better word. They're just used to being distracted, used to not having to choose because they already have a routine going. They're just kind of on autopilot. And... Again, in certain aspects, autopilot is great. Uh, You don't want to think about every muscle you're using to brush your teeth, right? You just want to brush your teeth. But in more important life choices, we don't want to necessarily give it to autopilot to make those choices for us. And so being able to be still with oneself, listen to how you're feeling about certain things, um, evaluating whether or not you're truly content with the life that you're living. It starts with that inner dialogue and Mm -hmm. going forward from there. So how did you develop that framework? It was a, it's a mixture of my psychology training. Uh, So my, my training is, I'm sure, you know, because you went through counseling school, so to speak, right? So (laughs) so every, every school has a train of thought. A way in which they teach you. So, uh, APU or Azusa Pacific University, the school that I went to, they were very big on family systems. So, family mm-hmm. systems is just another way of saying we are not isolated beings, but we operate within relationships, we operate within uh, culture, society, that sort of thing. And so, if you take a look at the steps within my framework, it actually goes through those levels from like a very inner part of yourself, starting from your emotions to uh, gradually moving toward like whole self, Mm -hmm. your relationship with other people, uh, relationship to the world, society at large. So it does incorporate some family systems type thinking along with many other modalities or theories kind of blended into it, which I found to be helpful with the work that I've been doing with my clients. Yes. So how can someone interpret their values from their emotions? Yeah. So values is generally a thought or a belief and emotions is more of a feeling. It's it's, mm. it's a experience, so to speak. And so when we separate the two, I mean, they definitely inform one another because certain kind yes. of thoughts yes. will generate feelings, right? And certain feelings will probably conclude certain thoughts. So there's definitely an intimate connection between the two, values is definitely much more uh, broad. It, it, it talks about meaning. It talks about purpose. And it, why do things, why do certain things matter to you? Why do certain things not matter to you? It, it's, it's having that kind of conversation. Rather, feelings is more of a, it's almost a reaction because it's so fast. Like emotions hit you at about one-tenth of a second in terms of that response in the brain. And so it is more of a, uh, like I said, a reaction to what's going on. And we want to take time to understand which value it's connected with. So there are parts of this whole. 
Yeah. I was just going to say, it's interesting because it's almost like when you do some CBT framework, um, you know, one of the worksheets, if you will, in CBT is processing what are your values. So I like that you put that out there is as far as like, what are some of the values and how is that connected to our emotions? Because that ties into how we're able to kind of move forward with some things in life. So I'm glad that you, you, um, brought that up because of course to me, I'm like, yeah, cause I like doing CBT framework. So <laughs> big fan, big fan yes. of CBT. Totally, yes. totally. Um, and for those who don't know what CBT is, CBT is a therapy form. It's called cognitive behavioral therapy. So I, I want to really get into a few things in your book. And I love reading people's books. And I also don't like giving too much to my listeners because I want them to experience what I experience anytime I read a book. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> so, you know, just a, a quick question. Do you find that the techniques that you laid out in the book are the key to enjoying life? In, in a big way, yes, because part of what makes life enjoyable is living a lifestyle, behaviors, thoughts that are aligned with your values. So mm-hmm. people who feel discontent, uh, incongruent, right? It's because they they want and find certain things to be important, but they're experiencing life and doing things in a very contrasting kind of way. That would probably be the one definition of pathology is that lack of congruence or mm-hmm. sickness. And so, yeah, the Enjoyment is an emotion, and that emotion is typically signaling that you're on the right track. That that's why we like enjoyment. That's why we like feeling happy and joy. It's because it's a signal to our brain, like, "Hey, keep going! Like you're doing right? the right stuff." Yeah, <laughs> those good endorphins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So today it feels like the world, the whole world actually is being driven by their values, especially like when we think about the changes, the pandemic and people really kind of reshifting their focus and what do they think about what is valuable to them, what is important to them or not. Um, But in your book, you ask the reader to challenge their perceived values. Um, Do you find people don't know what their true values are, even though some people are still going through like this um, awakening, if you will? Yeah, it, it, that's really a challenge to take time to reevaluate your values and how you've been living. In a way, it's like taking a look at how have you been living and does that align with what's important to you? And like you said, some people are so removed from that discussion that they've kind of gone off the, not the wayside, but but not quite on track to where they a want to be. on the edge. Yeah, and there you go, living on the yeah. edge. And <laughs> it, it's funny because I think about uh, one of the worst areas in my military career was land navigation, which is where you get a compass and you have to like find these points in like the jungle. <laughs> and I was yeah, terrible. I, 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 was just, I, I would feel oh. like that. I'd be like, but what is minus 9.0 degree to the... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Are we south or north? <laughs> oh, I, I still don't know that. It's still my handicap. Yeah. Yes, of course. But but I bring that up because the, one of the, the few things that I got from that training is that you could set a course uh, on your compass. You're like, all right, 328 degrees. Like this, this is where I'm headed. And it is standard protocol to check your compass every hundred so steps because we don't necessarily walk straight. Like we we kind of walked a little bit to the right, a little bit mm-hmm. to the left, and, and so we 
are a bit off course, and then you can make some adjustments every hundred steps or so. But people who don't check their compass, you know, they walk their 500, 1,000 steps, and that one or two degrees will make the difference between being where you're supposed to be, or you could be like a thousand meters off, <laughs> off course. Yeah. So that that's the way that I think about values is some people may very well know this is what's important to me and life got in the way and I'm just kind of off track. And there's other people who literally have never had that conversation. Like this may be the first time they've ever heard, yeah, what does matter to me? Like I, I know what my parents have told me matters. I, I know what my friends tell me. I know what Instagram is telling me matters, but I've never really asked the question, like, why do those things matter? Mm-hmm. And do those things matter to me? So that's what the challenge really is, is, hey, before you put in more energy, more more effort doing something, let's make sure that it's taking you to where you want to go and living the life that you actually want to live. Was that some of the work that you did with the married couple you described in your book who were going through a uh, divorce? and? Um... The wife was like, I thought we were forever. He thought he was forever, but he turned into his dad. Yeah, it, it's, it's a kind of a tragic story and, and hopefully a warning sign for people who have not gone that far down the wrong path, so to speak, because both people in that marriage wanted the same thing. Like they both wanted to be married. They wanted to be faithful. They wanted to love each other. But other things got in the way that did not express that love. Mm -hmm. And so taking the time to evaluate, okay, why are some of these other things coming up? What does that say about maybe some unmet needs? It it just brings up a very important conversation that needs to be had to give us the clarity we need. Yes, absolutely. So how do you discover the values of others? The simple answer is ask. I know. It's, it sounds really simple. I know. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I would know because that's what we do with CBT framework, but someone else, you know, I think it might be helpful for them to know, ask. And that's important because if you think about interviewing for a job, right? What is the company's values? Dating, friendships, things where, you know, in, in your framework practice and psychology, family systems theory and social work, you know, it's a whole, every system that we're, we're multi-systems, right? Um, I think that's important. And I don't think we stop as humans to think about, let's ask about someone's values or this company's values or what these values are, or even like your children as parents, you know, what their values are. So as simple as it sounds, it's something that I feel like we should be doing more often. And I have a theory as to why people don't. Mm, Tell us. It is the word unromantic. It, it, it is unromantic to ask because there is, I don't want to blame it on, blame it on Korean drama or, or soap, soap opera kind of thing, but there is this kind of unspoken, if we were really connected the way that I really want to believe we are, you should already know, like you should, mm-hmm. you should already be in my head. And so it almost shatters this picture of how connected we are if I have to ask. If I have to ask, then it kind of means that I'm not 100% sure where you're at. And and people shy away from asking because of sending that kind of signal. But that's, that's my guess. That's my guess is that there's something unromantic about asking, even though your hit rate will go up tenfold 
in terms of your decision-making if you took the time to ask what it is that's important to them in this situation. Would it also be asking is unromantic, but also there's a form of vulnerability behind it as well? Yes. And asking someone about what their values are. Um, Because what if, again, if you're dating someone, let's just, that's the easiest thing or a job you thought that was like the best thing because you see the salary first and you're like, oh yeah, whatever, hundred and something K, I'm going to go for it. And the company has different values, maybe abusive ways or extended hours. There's, I feel like there's a form of vulnerability that can deflate you where you can have like your hopes up. And then when someone answers it, it's, it, 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 it kind of, um, makes you feel a little bit disappointed. So it gives that vulnerability aspect to it. So good. You're you're right on point. I think that people are so deathly afraid of being disappointed. And so we'll rather live in this fantasy bubble where we just kind of go toward our aspirations. We're just going to wish for the best, even though there are clear like red flags that are coming up. Do not go. Don't enter. (laughs) You're going to hate this job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So so that's where it is, is, is we are so afraid of being disappointed or, you know, just shattered. Our hopes get shattered because of what I believe is the implication, which is uh, that I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. uh, Life is not good to me. Right. It's this, I don't want to face that feeling that points to this thought or this reality, which again, it doesn't have to, but Mm -hmm. our gut reaction tends to point in that direction. We're just, as a society, I think we're definitely afraid of feeling those things. Yes. I, I, I think you're, you're, you're right. It is, is it's scary. Even though there's red flags, when you feel something, you want to um, not believe that it's real, if you will. Right. <laughs> if it's negative. Yes. If, yeah. If it's negative. Um, so when you know the values of others, how do you make decisions that respect their values and keep your values central as well? So it is a two-parter. And and what I like to say is, as optimal decision makers, my hope is that people are creating win-win scenarios as much as possible. If, if your decision can bless not just you, but it also bless the people that you're involved in, then in my opinion, that is the optimal decision. So it's it's not necessarily saying, if I know what other people value then I'm just going to do what they want. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that you are being considerate and mindful of other people's values and you're incorporating that into your thought process. At the end of the day, your values are also very important. And in a strange way, if if you're not advocating for your own values, no one else is, excuse me, no no one else is going to know that that's uh, important to you. So it, it is a, intricate balance Mm -hmm. of factoring those pieces into your decision-making. So what are some tools that you can give listeners in number one, trying to choose to live your authentic life, the authentic self, um, in order to live the life that you feel you're determined to live or, or choose a better life path for yourself, um, incorporating values, which are important for you, not forgetting your values, et cetera. Well, it has to start with knowing that you deserve and you can live 
a better life. It has to start from that belief. And from there, you're able to have that important discussion with yourself, which is where am I at now? Kind of what led me to be in this place? And uh, what are things that I want to keep? What are, what are things that I am doing well? I'm very big on strengths approach. So everyone that's listening, there are things that are definitely working for you. And, and there's things that, uh, certain values that you're living out. Keep those. Don't don't change those pieces of your life decisions. But my guess is there's probably some other areas where, you know, based on how you're feeling about yourself, about the situation, not not quite a home run. And so having a, a greater understanding of you know, what your feelings are telling you, what your values are, you know, other people's values, like those components are going to help you make much more holistic or dare I say authentic type of choices. Mm, I love that. So where can people find you? Where can people buy this book? It, this book has so many different tools and knowledge nuggets. You have to like, when you buy it, you have to have a highlighter because you can't just read the book to read it as a story. It, it's it's a tool. It's a toolbox. For me, I call it a toolbox. <laughs> well, I want to say it's both. I, yeah. I try to make it very personable and uh, accessible, even though there's a lot of science, right? To, to kind of support a lot of the things that I'm advocating I felt like it was disingenuous of me to not share a piece of my life in the book if I'm asking people to be real with their own. So right, I right. do my best to make this not a textbook, Mm-mm. but a enjoyable read with kind of packed with a lot of tools, as you said. And, and, and you can find it in pretty much every bookseller. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, No Kobo, like any of those places, you'll be able to find it. Just type choose better, Timothy N. Voila, you'll find your, your book in whatever format you would like. Uh, you can also go on my website at timyen.com, T-I-M-Y-E-N.com. And uh, I have that link right on my front page. Yes, guys, you have to pick it up. And and what I did enjoy, because it that's why it matched so well with the podcast, is that we're there's always a story that you share before giving listeners or readers tools, knowledge nuggets to kind of live a better life, to be resilient, to move forward, which is the purpose of this podcast is I'm, I'm sharing stories with so many listeners on how people are either sharing a piece of themselves, a piece of someone else, but how did we help someone live a better life, be happier, be authentic, be resilient, et cetera. So th- this is why it kind of captured my attention. Um, and I was like, yeah, of course. Yes, absolutely. I need this on the show because we have to show our authenticity. We can't just, um, with so much going around the world, people want humanness, human connection, and not just here, these are the resources. This will make you feel better. But how, how did that help you? How did that help someone else? How did you help someone else overcome this? which is why I appreciate it. And, and I really love uh, the book. So I thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tim, for being here, for spending this time with me. And you're on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast. So <laughs> thank you Represent. for the time frame, right? <laughs> of course. Well, it's yeah, been yeah. such a, a pleasure talking to you. And I want to be a resource to your listeners. So they can also go on my website to contact me if there's any questions. Uh, collaborations, coaching opportunities. I'm more than happy to to talk about them or, or workshops about decision-making, about those sort of things for your companies. 
uh, I definitely do those as well. Absolutely. And guys, you know that I'm always tagging on my Instagram page where you can find people so that uh, you know who you're going to listen to before you listen to them, right? (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much, Dr. Yen, for being here, for spending this time with our listeners. I am truly humbled and appreciative. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.